I don't have to review the headlines of the last seven weeks. I'm not sure that I need to review the headlines of the last couple of days. Most likely, each of us are are reading a news app. We're listening to podcasts. We're either reading the news in a paper or on the TV. We are all aware of the dramatic changes that we have undergone in the last seven weeks or so. And so my aim this morning is not so much to kind of go over and review all of these changes. But I want to provide a respite from that for a little while. And let's consider what has not changed. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to that day when we will gather together. And I'm not looking at a, a cell phone camera. But, but, but looking out at you and, and seeing a gathering of people together. Let's... Let's be honest with one another. What we are doing right now is not church. What we are doing is we're doing our best to to supplement one another's Christian life with some singing and some teaching. You can view a worship service online, but you can't do church online. Because the church is when we assemble together. When we bear with one another, when we love one another, when we're patient with one another, when we're spending time with each other, praying with each other, that is the church. And until then, we are going to do our best to to supplement your lives and encourage you to connect with people outside of the Sunday morning, get with one another on different video platforms or over the phone or writing notes with one another. But, but don't get used to this. It might, be, it might be okay for you to be wearing your pajamas right now, but there will come a day when you're going to have to put your pajamas away and put your Sunday clothes back on and join us where we assemble once again. It is my privilege today to speak to you about this gift that God has given to us as the church. There were many things that that God created, and every time he did, he said, it is good. But there was one exception, and you remember that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 18, where he said, it is not good for man to be alone. Man has been created for relationships. And the church is a gift to men and women that we have relationships that encourage us in our devotion to God. So what I want to focus on this morning is what has not changed during these seven weeks as it relates to the church. And this is going to be a very straightforward message. What I typically do is I delight in taking a passage of Scripture And going through it verse by verse, this morning I'm just going to take some assorted passages of Scripture. And very likely, if you've been a Christian for a while, you're not going to hear anything new. It's going to be like what we heard last week in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1, where Paul said, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel. There's going to be a lot of reminding going on here this morning. So let us just go back to what has not changed. And let me give you the first as it relates to the church. The definition of the church has not changed. 
what the church is has not changed during these seven weeks. I like Wayne Grudem, what he had to say about the church. He offered the definition when he said, the church is the community of all true believers for all time. The church is the community of all true believers for all time. We know what community is. It is this togetherness of belonging, of, of having a, a combined purpose to carry out something. And, and one doesn't necessarily need to go to church to experience community. Just this week, I was with one of my boys, and we were on Broadway uh, taking some food to some families in need. And while we did that, we passed a tavern, a tavern that had the, the, the name of a team that we used to play in the softball leagues. And it's occurred to me as the days have followed that it's possible the people within that tavern do experience at some level some community. Maybe at your workplace, there is some values like love and trust and honesty and hard work. And it's as if there is a family feel there. There is a sense of community there at your workplace. This week, I saw a video clip of Paul McCarthy and Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. As they were with the Beatles, they had a sense of community as they were with one another all the time. But this community within the church, as we go back to this definition, is a community of all true believers for all time. What is it that we build our community on? It is the awareness that all of our lives are broken. And all of our lives are a mess. And all of our lives are under the judgment of God. But God in His love and in His kindness sent Jesus to die for our sins. And so this is the fundamental commonality that all people in the true church have. They have come to the cross and they have been born again. A couple of weeks ago, our church, during these days of quarantine, offered something called Adopt the Family, where we, where we lined up people that are mobile, they're getting out of the home, they're able to go out and get groceries, and many of them are still working. And then we also looked at those who are, who are shut in, and, and they're not able to get out. And we said, let's combine them so we can help one another. It's possible that you signed up for Adopt the Family, and when you got the person that you were assigned to ministering to, you might have thought to yourself, I have nothing in common with this person. And that is not true. If you are a believer and they are a believer, you have the one thing you need for unity. And that is the gospel, that you have been born again. And I would encourage you to build on this. You see, community within the church is not based on your upbringing. If you were brought up in a farm, or if you're from a, a small community up by Pulaski, it's not, it's not based on whether you are from Chicago. It's not based on whether you are from the tribe. It's based on this. Your life is a mess. Your life is broken. And Christ has come to die in your place that you might have life, life to the fullest. And this is what the church's community is based on, and that has not changed. You might be watching this, and you've never stepped foot in our church here at Highland Crest. And you might say, 
My life is broken. My life is a mess. I'm experiencing stress myself. And I would say to you, you are welcomed here among us where there will be people just like you, including myself, that look to the Scriptures, that look to this good news that was provided that Jesus died for us. And it is in this that we have hope. It is in this that we teach others about this wonderful Savior. So the definition of the church has not changed over these seven weeks. Let me give you a second thing that has not changed. And that is the purposes of the church have not changed. Why we are here has not changed at all in these seven weeks. Now there's a lot of debate. How many purposes are there in the church? Are there five? Are there four? Well, for this morning's message, I'm just going to give you three of them. And they all relate to relationship. So the the first purpose that the church has is to reinforce a love for God. We are to love God. It is said this in the Old Testament, and it is said this in the New Testament. This is the greatest commandment. Love God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. How do we do this? We encourage by going to the Scriptures and seeing who this God is, and how is it that He desires to be loved. We, are, we love Him as we surrender our lives through Christ. We read the Scriptures and use the strength that He provides to obey Him. We tell of Him to others. But another way we do that as we look at the New Testament letters is actually by singing. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, Paul wrote, Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Singing, like we have just done this morning, is something that is prescribed by the New Testament. It is able to take the intellect, our mind, and intertwine it with our emotions and, and cause a stir within us. This morning is like any Sunday morning for me. I, I stumble out of bed and I come here early in the auditorium. And what I like to do is grab an old hymnal. And as I walk around the perimeter of this auditorium, I just kind of thumb through and, and look for some songs to sing to kind of stir me up and get me ready for this morning. And this morning, as I was thumbing through our hymnal, I come across that old song, We have come into his house to gather in his name and worship him. And as I was doing my best to muddle through that song in my own way, I couldn't help but think of my days in college at Stout. When I was there in a small little white church, and there was this big burly pastor with the white comb over in his hair and this big glare, the same glare that you're likely seeing right now. And he would get up in front of the church, and he couldn't sing either, but he would do his best to lead the church in that song. And my heart was stirred to think of God's faithfulness to me over the years. Singing has a way of doing that. And if you during this time, have been dependent on worship on that one day a week, you have been in trouble because it's been seven weeks since you have worshipped. But our worship is not just to be on Sundays. It is to be a daily thing. I can think of a man within our church over the last couple of weeks who said, what I've done during these quarantines 
is I've compiled a list of songs and I've allowed them to play and I've been singing them back and it has warmed my heart. This is what the purpose of the church is. It's to cause us to worship and to love God. We read about that also in Ephesians 1 where Paul is unlocking or unpacking for us the gospel. And the response to that in verse 12 is that we might praise. We might praise God, the praise of his glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 9 says it is our aim to please him. This is one of the purposes of the church, to worship God, to find our delight in God. It's that relationship. The second purpose of the church is not only our relationship with God, but it's our relationship with other Christians. Now, you might say to yourself, well, back in my day when I was in a tavern, I did have relationships with others there when I partied. And you might say to yourself, in my workplace, I have good relationships with others. There are people on my kids' sports teams, and I have relationships with them. Is that the same as the church? Is there any difference between the relationships at work, at my days of partying, at the days of my time with my kids and their friends? Is there any difference between those and in the church? And the answer is yes. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 28, tell us the aim of our relationships. It says, Him, Jesus, we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. This is the aim of our relationships with one another. That we would take the truth of the gospel That is not only essential for us to be in a relationship with God, but the truth of the gospel then empowers us to live out this relationship with God. When my my oldest boy got his iPad for the first time a couple of years ago, he may have only purchased that thinking he could get some apps that had some games on it. But over the days that followed, he realized all the different sort of things that he could do. He could take pictures. He could take videos. He could edit that video. He could put songs on it. He could could type. He could go on the internet. All sorts of things. And it could be that you thought the gospel is only something that will save you. But the gospel enables you to live the Christian life. And this is what our relationship is established on. That you would mature in your understanding and application of the gospel. So this relates to our identity. That when you became a Christian, your identity changed. You are in Christ. You have been justified. You have been adopted. You have been set free from sin. Your salvation is secure. And you're unfinished. I'm thinking of a book that has been very helpful to me by Tim Challies called Visual Theology where he unpacks these things. Not only has your identity changed, but your habits are supposed to change as well. Maybe at one time you were just immersed in sinful habits. But now that the gospel is taking root in your life, you are realizing that you cannot continue in those sins. And so God is doing a work and a strategy to overcome those sins. Tell you a third area that changes in your life is that of roles. 
When you become a Christian, if you are married, your responsibilities to your wife or to your husband change. Your responsibilities to your children change. It could be that your responsibilities at work change. The way you approach your boss and your coworkers, how you love your neighbor, that changes. How you are a citizen, all this stuff changes. And as Christians within the church, we come alongside one another and we tell one another about this, encouraging others to mature and step up to these new responsibilities. And then I can throw a fourth one at you also, and that's a stewardship. When you become a Christian, when you are in the church, then you get a new understanding of stuff. You realize that that money is not yours. It belongs to God. That house, that boat, that car, cars, all of that belongs to God. And you are only managing it. You see, these are the things that we do within the church. In our relationships, we come alongside one another and we remind each other of the power of the gospel and it's lived out in these areas. So the first purpose is related to relationship with God. The second purpose is our relationship with others. And the third purpose of the church, you guessed it, is in our relationship with people that are not in the church people of the world. If you're watching this and you're not at Highland Crest or you're not a member of Highland Crest, you're you're just seeking, you're seeking for truth. I can say this with absolute confidence. Highland Crest exists for you. One of the purposes that we have is for you to be able to share the truth of the gospel that has changed my life and changed our life. We exist for you. So you can feel free to be welcome to watch us online, but we look forward to the day where we will be able to meet you in person and be able to, to rub shoulders with you and be able to point to the scriptures of the power of the gospel that is provided. The third purpose of the church is our relationship with those who are not yet Christians. And I was going to say we are to love the community, it's not just love the community, though. It's love people in the world. As the Great Commission says that we are to make disciples of all nations. Sometimes when we promote a trip to go over to Africa or somewhere else around the world, people are upset. And they say, listen, there's a lot of Christians or people that are not Christians yet in our community. Why are we going over there? And to that I say, don't get mad at me. Get mad at Jesus because this is what he said. We are to take the gospel to the nations. And so this is not sharing the gospel with our words. But this also speaks about mercy. As we follow the life of Jesus in the gospel, we understand that he had love for people, that he brought healing and care for them. And during this time of this pandemic, There are opportunities for us to love the people of this world by just just coming alongside and helping them. And this is a function. This is a purpose of the church. And this has not changed in these seven weeks. So then let me just thirdly look at the tools. The tools of the church have not changed. How do we carry out these three purposes? That has not changed at all. And at this point, I could just simply have said, 
uh, refer to nine marks of a healthy church. Uh, We've done that over the last year where we looked at nine marks of a healthy church. And I could just simply say, go back to that. That's how you carry it out. It's through good theology. It's through preaching the gospel, understanding conversion, understanding discipleship, church discipline, having a right biblical leadership within the church. That's how you do it. But what I'd like to do is just offer a few simple things here in our sermon outline today. How do I carry these things out? You're not going to be surprised. The first is the Scriptures. We are going to rely on the Scriptures. This has not changed. The Bible is still sufficient during these days. And what does the Bible point us to? A second Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 answers that. As he is writing to Timothy, he says, And how from childhood... You have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The point of the scriptures is to direct us to Jesus. Then what he has done on the cross for us and those of us who have been born again, the power that we receive during this time. So we go back to the scriptures. And that has not changed. The second tool that we see here is that of prayer. And as I was preaching through the book of Acts, and as I was thinking through, okay, so far in the last couple of weeks, we've put together some, some plans, right? We first, let's have a, a worship service online. So at least people can gather at Sunday mornings around 10 o'clock, 10, 15, and they can hear the word of God. Okay, so that's step one. Okay, we got that. The next step for us was to, let's offer an expression of loving other Christians. And so we said, let's try to get a platform where we can meet together on a video platform and still do Bible studies or small groups. So that was step two on these short-term plans. That was about loving other Christians. And then the next step for us in our little short-term plans was we need an expression of loving people of the world. So we've created a few different outlets for that where people have made masks to take to hospitals to replenish their supply. We've partnered with the Green Bay School District in order to take food out to needy families and also made a connection with Operation Community Cares where you could participate in that outreach as well. But now, where does prayer fit into this? And just this week, as as we gather as a staff at 8.15 each morning, we do a merged phone call. And I was just talking with Rob and Ginger and I said, "How, how do we build on prayer? As we look through the book of Acts, One thing that is unmistakable is they built their church on prayer. How are we going to do this? And we're still processing that. But one of the things we decided was at least this. Let's use what we're already doing and let's let's build prayer into that. So you probably noticed in our worship service this morning, we, we carved out extended time for prayer. That is what the church is supposed to do is to pray. And so you can anticipate that. And then I would also encourage those of you who are leading Bible studies or small groups, when you do that, would you extend your time of prayer that it would be meaningful? And what kind of prayer should we be offering up? 
And while there might be a pain in your, your tooth, and that is sufficient, and there's nothing wrong with paying, praying for that, there are, there are increased urgent needs that we have during these last seven weeks. Maybe as your children have come home, and it's created some tension within your home, you would ask your small group to pray, would you help me with my impatience and my irritability and my anger? That is something worthy to pray for. Maybe at your workplace, there are some difficult decisions that that are going to need to be made. And and you're responsible to make them. And you would say, would you please pray that that God would give me wisdom? Maybe you are one of the unfortunate that that is laid off right now. And you would say, would you please pray for God to meet our needs? Some of these heart searching, real rubber meets the road sort of prayers. This is how we ought to be praying for one another at this time. This is one of the tools that we accomplish the purposes of the church. And then thirdly, and this this list could certainly be well over 10, but I just offered relationships. We are to be pouring into people as people pour into us. Under relationships, I could certainly have said ministry. I certainly could have said fellowship or discipleship or evangelism. All of those would have fit. But the point is, we could still connect with people. And that is what we are to do. I don't know what these last seven weeks have been like for you. A time of of isolation or quarantine. I can think back to my own personal story. When I moved to Green Bay in like 1998, there was a period of time where I lost my job. And I was attending Highland Crest at that time, but I was one that was only here on Sunday mornings. I arrived right on time for the service, and I left right after the service. And it was during that interruption into my life where God broke me, and he revealed for me the need for people. And it was during that brokenness that, like a slingshot, I, I was slung right back into the church family. And my life changed. Little did I know that one day I'd be the pastor of that very church. And I wonder about you. Perhaps prior to seven weeks, you've been only on the sidelines of the involvement here at Highland Crest. And now you are feeling isolated and you are praying, God, I cannot wait for the church doors to open again because I'm going to launch myself in to the ministries of Highland Crest. Maybe your experience would be like mine. Here's one thing I know, is that COVID-19 has not only introduced problems, but it has also created opportunities. It's also created opportunities. There is a man that I work out with Uh, when I was able to, and he retired from Green Bay, the city, and he was a heavy machine operator. And one day I asked my friend, what is it that brought you into working out so faithfully? And he said, that's easy. One day I had this pain in my chest, and I knew I was was in trouble. And so I I went to the hospital. They told me I was having a heart attack and they performed emergency surgery right there on the spot. And when I came out of that surgery, 
The doctor told me, you have had an interruption in your life. And now there needs to be some changes. You need to exercise. You need to eat healthy. And my friend just says, I have done just those things. And I'm as healthy today as I have ever been. An interruption happened in his life. And he actually came out of it healthier. And I'm believing that the Lord can do the very same thing for us here at Highland Crest. Yes, there has been an interruption that has happened. And we do not know how long this interruption will exist. But we do not need to be treading water and wondering if our governor one day will clear so that we can come together. We are to move forward and to continue to do these three things of loving God, of loving other Christians, and loving the people of our world. We can still continue to do that. And so when we reconnect and when we assemble again, it will be a celebration. And I believe that we will even come back healthier than when we went in. Just consider with me a few of the opportunities that we are seeing emerge over these last seven weeks. We have seen streaming equipment, things that we have wanted to do for a long time, but now we are actually doing it. And the intention is not just to do this while we are not able to meet, but eventually make this permanent. And so there is an IT committee, and how invaluable people like Roman and, and Danny have been during this time. And they're making recommendations along with that committee for us to buy some quality equipment where we can stream not only during this crisis, but beyond. This morning, we had some complications. Should it be on YouTube or Facebook? And even this past week, we've had conversations about why can't we just go directly onto our homepage? Can we do that? So there is one opportunity that we are looking at. Secondly, we've also looked at our webpage. How is it that we can make our webpage even more evangelistic than what it is? Can we ramp that up? These are things that would not have happened. Personal contact has increased within our church. Yes, we would contact one another during the worship service, but because we can't see one another or gather during the worship service, now we have the privilege of actually contacting each other outside of that 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. We have a potential to increase the intimacy of our relationships or community during this time. I'll give you another one. There is an opportunity for us to, to also increase reading the Bible as a family. Maybe you know that on this last Wednesday, our family opened up their home and we did a live stream of what a, a family worship looks like. It could be dad. It could be husband that God would have you during this period of time to establish a new discipline where you are reading the Bible to your family. You cannot drop off your kids to Sunday school or take them to the youth group or to Awana. God has given you that responsibility. May it be said of you five or ten years from now, this was the period of time where your family changed. Because you are reading the scriptures to them and you are praying for them. Join us again this Wednesday night at 6.30 where it is unscripted. And you will have an opportunity to see the star of our family, our cat, likely flying across the screen at one point during this, this season. 
I'll give you another opportunity for us, and that is we've been able to make an impact in our community. Is there more that we can do? Very likely, yes. But there have been a number of people that have stepped up and said, I will make masks. I will help supply the need in our area hospitals. Just this past week, I was visiting with a man in our church who was a police officer. I was telling him I had the privilege of taking one of my sons on Monday and Wednesday and and delivering lunches to families in need. And this man said, Chad, I know the neighborhoods that you are going into. I serve those neighborhoods. And I know those families well enough that if you are not bringing that breakfast and lunch, they are not eating breakfast and lunch that day. You are actually fulfilling a great need that we have in our community. Are you able to do that? Arrive at Tank School at 9.30 and go to about 10.30 or 11 o'clock delivering lunches to families in needs. And maybe this That time slot doesn't fit for you, but you could reach out and partner with Operation Community Cares and you could be a part of that effort within our community as well. Here's what I've come to conclude is that we just can't simply tread water and wait for this to be lifted. We need to be active right now. We need to do everything we can to be the church, loving God, loving one another, and yes, loving people of this world. And as we begin to plan and continue to carry out some short-term plans in that, I would encourage you, as you as an individual and you as a family, what is it that God would have you to do? Perhaps you could take a look at these three different purposes and ask yourself, how would God want me to, to sharpen my love for him, to sharpen my love for the church, and also to sharpen my love for those around me that are yet Christians. I would ask you to give that some thought. And before I close with a word of prayer, I want to speak to the one there that is yet to become a believer. Do you have some questions of what it means to be a believer? To have your sins forgiven? If it was as easy as just following some rules, we would write those rules out on a card and laminate them and hand them out to everyone that came into our church building. If getting right with God was as easy as just getting baptized, we have a baptistry right up there, and we would force people as they came into this building to be baptized. But it is not that. It's coming to your end of yourself, humbling yourself, asking forgiveness of sins, and trusting that Jesus has died on the cross for you. Have you done that? What is keeping you from doing that? If there's any way that we can help you with that, it is our desire that we would be there for you. Let's have a word of prayer. And then we'll have one more closing song. Father, thank you for the church. And yes, there's changes all around us, but this hasn't changed. This is a gathering of believers. And our purpose has not changed either. We are to love you with all who we are. We are also to love one another. And we are also to love those who are hurting that are yet believers. Help us as a church to do that. Help us to use the scriptures. Help us to depend on you through prayer. And help us to love through relationships. And may Highland Crest come out of this time healthier and stronger than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen.